Well, exciting times. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood applied. Isn't that awesome? That we can be here today, this morning, and say that. Well, I, uh, it's been an interesting morning for me, I can tell you, and probably more so for Bruno, because it was 10 minutes before service starts and uh, lost half the stage and the uh, sound control. So thank you, Bruno, for leading us and for um, God. Thank you for being with us. And in spite of the things that we rely on, he still shows up. So that's amazing. just a reminder. I said before once, and it wasn't a challenge to God, just so you know, but I do remember one time right before service, same, a very similar thing happened, the, but all the electricity went out. And, uh, but you know what? We still worship God. What would we do without electricity? What do they do? We would worship. What are they doing over in uh, countries that can't afford electricity, don't even have it this morning, with a tent, if they're lucky, and a dirt floor? Still worship. So, well, today is a uh, an exciting day for me. It, it always is. This particular Sunday every year, I like to um, I, I like to just take a look back and see what have we done in the year that we just came out of, 2022. What did what did it look like? And then I want to kind of cast a vision for 2023. Where are we going? Where is God going to? take us. It's been an interesting beginning of the year with uh, Sunday being on January 1st. And uh, so I, I waited an extra week to do this today. And then uh, next week is uh, a pastor and spouse retreat. So I actually won't be here. The rest of the staff will be, but uh, I'll be gone. But uh, Mark, uh, Pastor Mark, you guys know Pastor Mark is uh, with us. Usually he's going to be speaking. So uh, that'll be awesome to have him speak with us. Then we're going to get back into Ephesians. We got about halfway through Ephesians before the Advent season, and then we're going to start off the year and finish Ephesians. I don't know how you feel. I, I said in Sunday school this morning, and I think I, it's a sentiment I've shared before. I feel like every, everything after 40 is gravy. I was really surprised I made it to 40. Um, I, I got to be 40 years old, and then I was like, wow, I wasn't sure I would get here. Um, and some of you have heard some of my childhood stories. You understand why I would believe that. And uh, so now after 40, man, it's just all, it's all good. But as I look back, all the years now are starting to run together. Do you find that to be the case? Like what year did this thing happen? What year is, uh, when was my kid, when were my kids born? What, what is their birthday? I'm, I try to remember. So that's, I, I have to look back and, and think about those things. And uh, I like to do this every year. I do this the first of every year, thinking about last year, what all things have accomplished. As a family, what things have we accomplished? Um, I can remember a Christmas when Morgan was three and uh, we were sitting in the living room and it, it seems like it was just the other day, but uh, this, she was three years old, 13 years ago. And I grabbed Morgan. Oh, thank you. I grabbed Morgan and, and I, I hugged her. This is no control, sorry guys. But Candace will take. I hugged her and I had my arm around her. Um, her back was to me and I hugged her and I told her I love her. And, and she just, I remember she grabbed my arm 
and squeezed real tight and said, I love you too, Daddy. Oh, those are the times, you know, my heart melted. And so I was, I was looking at, thinking about, what do we got here? I can't see. All right, playing jokes on me? Oh, he had Morgan back there. I remember. So Christmas break, I was looking at some old photos, and there was cute little Maddie and her big sister Morgan. Uh, actually, I think I have some of those pictures. Yeah, see this? Um, they were like two and five or somewhere in that age. Aren't they so cute? That was just the other day. I got another one. Hold on. Let's see. Um, switch to the next one. Let's look at the. Oh, this is one of my very favorite Father's Day gifts. All three of them together. Uh, it's a, it was a picture they took. And if, if you can see their feet it's, and hands, it says, we part daddy. I still have that. That was, that was an amazing thing. I remember Caden wearing a backpack that was like two sizes too big. Go to that one. Look at that. <laughs> can you, you guys are getting tired of seeing him. I was like, hey, look at my vacation. And <laughs> but this, this is as I'm, as I'm thinking. I think I have one more. Do I have one more? Oh, yeah. And this is today. We took these pictures this Christmas season. And, and as I, I look at these pictures and, and videos that I have, I, I just I remember how much my kids are continually changing. What seems like to me, just a, a year or two is 10 or 15, you know? So uh, as I look back where we've gone through a church, I, I do the same thing as I do with my family because I, I don't want to miss a moment. I just have to tell you, I don't want to miss a moment. Not a single moment. I want to be present for every minute of my kids' lives with me. And so I, I, I'm engaged, and sometimes I probably do more than I should and try to make more events than I should, but I know that... Uh, Morgan, our oldest at 16 years old, in a couple of years, she's going to be going to college somewhere. And I won't really have those same opportunities anymore. So um, I, I like to do the same thing as a church because I don't want to miss a moment. I want us to be involved and engaged in everything that we can be and every and realizing that God is moving in us as a church. So I look back at what we've gone through as a church in in this past year and set our sights on the future. And I think it's necessary because when we're in the middle of something, we don't realize how much has changed or how much has gone. I, I use this principle in my own family. I see my kids every day. I know they change every day, but I don't see it unless I do things like this. So to let you know, we are wrapping up our fifth year of ministry here. In fact, this Sunday, the 7th would be the Sunday. I, my first Sunday was on the 7th, five years ago. So we're wrapping up five years of ministry here. When we moved here, our kids were 11 and 8 and 6. You can believe that. Fast forward five years. Morgan's a sophomore in high school. Maddie's in eighth grade. And Caden started middle school. I mean, it happens quick. There's something bittersweet that happens, and those of you with the older kids or grown kids probably understand this. I didn't get it until Morgan started driving. There's something bittersweet that comes about with uh, independence and age. It, it's, it's bittersweet because they don't need me for certain things anymore, but it's sweet because it allows some flexibility. So today I want to look over this last year as a church. Uh, I want to see where we've been and how much God has moved in 22. I want to take a peek at what he wants for us in 23. And as I look through everything God has done for us, I got to tell you, I'm blessed. As a pastor, I, I'm blessed and I'm impressed at everything that we've accomplished with his help. But I have to tell you, I'm even more excited for our future. I, I can't wait for it. God is moving and we'll talk about that in a little bit. 
Um, Post-COVID, we, we've had to learn to do things differently. As things slowly return to normal, and I think we've felt that, the metrics that we used to use as a church, they, some of them just don't seem relevant anymore. How, how do we quantify the lives that are touched? I mean, how do we do that? So I'm not entirely sure, but what I want to do is just look at all the things that have happened and the lives that have been touched. And just to remind us of some things, uh, for instance, we had revival this year. Actually, in 22, we had two revivals. Y'all remember Mike Adams was here in March, and uh, we had him for revival. And then we tried something new in the fall. We had Jeremiah and Rob in September, and we had a a revival conference. We kind of took the revival, shortened it a little bit, and uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday revival. And I have to tell you that it, it was a great time. And so because of the time that we had, we have invited Rob and Jeremiah to come back again and do a revival conference again in the fall. So we expect it to be amazing. But listen, I want you to be praying now for that time together because the teaching that they do is, it's, we, I had to call it a revival conference because it's not just a revival anymore. It is um, being taught and equipped about life in the spirit. And I just, uh, I'm looking forward to that. That'll happen in the fall. Uh, the community Easter egg hunt, we uh, were thankful that we could fully resume our community Easter egg hunt this year. We had a tremendous time. We had um, hundreds of people from the community coming out for the event. Uh, it, it's hard to count when you get to a certain amount, but it's estimated that almost a thousand people were at our Easter egg hunt uh, this year. And so, but it was more than just an Easter egg hunt. And we're probably gonna have to change the way we talk about that because it was, it was like a community event. We filled and hid over 10,000 eggs. It was a, a tremendous thing. We had inflatables, we had popcorn, we had uh, a food truck, we had an entertainment group that came and shared the story of Jesus, which is the point of the whole thing. It's not about the eggs, it's not about the bouncy house, it's not about the popcorn, it's about Jesus. So we're taking something that our society and our community really engage in, and we're using that to teach them about Jesus, what a valuable ministry this is to our team. So I'm looking forward to this year. We're making plans for the same type of event this year. Um, I hope that we finally break through that thousand person barrier. I would love to see more than a thousand people on our grounds with their kids. And I, I have to tell you that if you stick around at the end of the Easter egg hunt and you see all of the families and their kids sitting out on blankets or on the ground and they're looking at all the things that they've done and the food they've eaten and the eggs that, and they're sitting as a family together and I just love that I think it's a great time because I think families don't spend enough time together that's another thing that we're able to do is provide a place and a time to do that um, and to tell more than a thousand people about the story of Jesus introducing them to the one in whom we trust whose kingdom that we represent I, I'm, I'm just excited about it it's going to be coming up soon you'll be hearing about that more in the near future. So be thinking about what it is or what part you can play, what, how you can contribute to partner as we partner together to do this valuable ministry. Because we, who knows, who needs to hear that Jesus loves them? Hundreds, thousands of people. Several projects to our building were completed. I can't leave without talking about this. We had a lot. We, we have the new floor we're sitting on enjoying. We had a new HVAC unit put in the sanctuary, and we paid off the mortgage. Isn't that awesome? Like we're a debt-free church now. I'm excited about that. We've done so much. And then 
uh, locally. We have several people pursuing their call to ministry. Jessica and Bruno went before the credentials board and they got their very first district license, which is only one step away from being ordained. Uh, Zach and Giselle both renewed their local minister's license and um, Hiro, and I don't think I saw him here. He, oh, Hiro's here. Hiro got his very first local license this year as he's now at SNU pursuing a call to ministry. I'm excited about all of our ministry students. Isn't that awesome? I can tell you that a healthy church, one sign of a healthy church is people being called to ministry out of that church. Because if the church is doing God's will and following with God, he wants people out of that group to continue to uh, build and press that culture that has started here. So I'm excited about that. And that tells me that God is with us and doing something because every year it seems we have new um, local license. I, I almost forgot uh, that um, Lucas got his local license as well and is not, he might be applying for a district license this year. Um, we'll see. We've been talking about that. Uh, also getting their district license, Jessica and Bruno will have their district license uh, renewed this year. I think that's exciting. Michael's going to have his renewed, and he's getting closer and closer to being ordained. You just see, we have so many people in our church who are in ministry, being called to ministry. Our student ministry, let's talk about them for a minute. All the teenagers at our church, they're continuing to grow. The group is, and of course, the kids are getting older too. The group is growing larger, and uh, they're doing very well. They Not only do they meet on Sunday morning and on Wednesday evening, which those are great times, my own kids are involved, all three of them now. Um, it's not just regular meetings, but it's also trips and events through the year. It's times like that that these kids get to grow together. Oh, this last year, over 40 kids went to extravaganza. That was, uh, you guys look at me like that's normal. That's not normal, just so you know. Um, we, we took a lot of kids to extravaganza. Again, lives changed, people going to SNU. It was amazing. Over 50 kids went to teen camp last year, and that was incredible. Um, this year, all eyes are on NYC, stands for Nazarene Youth Conference. It's going to be in Florida. Uh, Amanda was talking about it a little bit ago. They're raising funds for that. Uh, for that. It, it's a tremendous time. It's hard to describe it. All of the teens from uh, Canada and the USA are going to join together. There'll be thousands of teenagers from all over North America in Florida, and it's going to be a great time. Now, it's a very expensive trip, but we have 34 teens from our church going to NYC, not including sponsors and those kind of things too. Like our, our student ministry is just bursting at the seams. One last thing about uh, the youth, our very own youth pastor, Michael, I don't know if you knew this or not, we've talked about it before, but he was elected as the district, uh, West Texas district NYI president. And, and what this means basically is that he's leading the youth ministry for our district and doing a fantastic job there. Yeah. So thank you, Michael, for your excellent leadership and a heart, more important, a heart to see students come to Jesus Christ. Every one of these things that I mentioned, it's not about a trip to Florida. It's not about a trip to, it's not about a trip to SF. It's about people, teenagers being exposed to Jesus Christ. I just think, and I love that about his heart. Um, can't forget about children's ministry. Jessica has taken the LCC kids and, and he's, she's rearranged what was the after school kid program, the ASK program. You've probably heard us talk about that. Um, the, the after school kids Bible study is now 
uh, been changed. It's preparing the children to participate in our district kids fest, uh, which happens once a year in Lubbock. It features Bible quizzing and music, singing, athletic events, other various talents and things that they get to do. So um, she's taken that Wednesday night. And so now they're practicing Bible quizzing every week. They're practicing singing. They're practicing their things to get ready for that. We should also mention uh, Madison. Um, if you don't know Madison Clefcourt, she's become Jessica's right hand in the kids' ministry. If Yeah, thank you, Madison. If you have infants or toddlers, you know what a valuable ministry partner she has become in that ministry. And finally, last year, we had over 200 kids enrolled in Vacation Bible School. In fact, we had to cap it because we just couldn't take any more kids. Uh, again, every one of these ministries that we mentioned, we need help. We are partners together in ministry. It is a children's ministry run thing, but we are a church committed to showing people who Jesus is. It doesn't matter if it's kids or teenagers, worship. LCC Kids continues to be a beacon of hope and light for kids to know Jesus. And then Bruno, grateful to Bruno for all he's done and all he's brought. He's just in his second year, getting towards the end of his second year, I think, um, with us. It seems, this is one of those ones that it seems like I've known him forever, but also just for a short time because uh, he has become such an integral and valuable part of our ministry here. And I don't know, there's a lot of things that happen that I'm not sure you really pay a lot of attention to, but Bruno cares deeply about, like painting the walls. I, he had a man lift, and he was driving around and painted all these walls. You, I'm sure you've noticed the, the color that they are. He, he did that. The, um, the sound treatment, he started the sound treatment. That's what you see on the back. We still have to get the sound treatment on the sides, but those are things that probably, no, it's not decoration. It's meant to help reduce the uh, sound level in here. He, uh, some of you maybe have, love them or hate them, uh, a new set of drums. Now, we didn't get just any set of drums. We got a set of drums that was custom made, hand carved for our room and our application. They're intended to be drums for a worship environment that fits the sound that we need. So um, sometimes they do get uh, loud and, and we appreciate the drums, but uh, they are not, they're not to be uh, overly loud for the type of drums that they are. I just, and I love um, that we have these, that we have uh, a new custom built. It's awesome. But those are things you don't think about. You see a new set of drums. You don't know the thought that went into it, the um, ideas that he had, the research that he did, and the uh, way he sought to save the money and got us those drums for probably about half of what they would otherwise have cost because he does the research. A couple of other things about Bruno's, just so you know, he helps Michael with very many of the trips that they go on. He was at Extravaganza this last year. He's going to be going to NYC to help Michael, so he's invested there. And uh, finally, at General Assembly this next summer, which the entire globe of the Church of Nazarene, everybody, is going to join in Indianapolis. And Bruno and Gabby have been tasked with helping to lead worship for the entire Church of Nazarene, which is an amazing thing. And what's interesting about that is the way they do it is they invite, it's an honor, right? This is a tremendous honor. So they invite certain people, like, we want you to come on Monday, and we want you to come on Monday, and we want you to come on Wednesday. Well, they've asked them to be there every So it's just, uh, it's amazing what they've done. I appreciate and love Bruno and uh, Gabby, and I'm just excited to see where he continues to take our worship ministry. Again, we have need for all different things in the worship ministry. We need uh, cameras and sound and 
um, musicians and people who can sing. Like it's, it's an always ongoing thing. Our Sunday School and Discipleship Ministries continues to be a strong ministry in the church. This year we've launched some new home groups and continue to have a strong Sunday School present, uh, presence. And then I need to talk about NMI, the missions. Missions has, I mean, it's another ministry that we just can't ignore. Our church has always had a strong emphasis on mission. In fact, when I was talking with um, Miss Kay about that, Miss Kay, think, sorry, sometimes something catches you funny. Y'all remember the show with the, the Duck Dynasty? And, sorry. All right. Here we, where are we at? Even saying that our church has a strong emphasis on mission doesn't feel like it does justice to our mission ministry. And I, I was talking with Miss Kay, and she said that maybe it would be better to say that mission is built into the DNA of our church. We are a church that believes in mission. Uh, we started the fiscal year with a faith promise banquet at which people promised to pay $59,000 over the year. And you can see here that as of uh, right now, with about seven weeks left in the fiscal year, I'm proud to announce we've received $49,278.37. And praise God, it looks like we're going to make our $59,000 goal by the end of the year in the next seven weeks. So if you uh, have not finished your faith promise contribution, then please make sure you do that. While we're very close to our goal, we still need almost $10,000 to complete our goal in the next seven weeks. And remember that every faith promise gift goes to support all different types of missions, from global missionaries to new building. And our church is involved and spreading the good news of God's kingdom around the world thanks to you. What a tremendous contribution that is to God's kingdom. Don't miss this year's Faith Promise Banquet. It's going to be on February 12th. So mark your calendars. And um, missionary and former general superintendent, Dr. Jerry Porter and his wife, Tony, are going to be our special speakers this year. So that's going to be awesome and amazing. I can't wait for that. You'll want to make sure that you're here on February 12th. And then I can't leave out our tech team. I want to give a shout out to our tech team. Alan Marr and the tech team, or as they affectionately like to be called, the stream team. That's good, right? They continue to amaze me. We see, and we have seen, exponential growth in our technological and video ability. And, and we're continuing to use, uh, utilize that technology in ways that we never have before. Thank you, Alan, for giving our church the extra step up in technology that we need. Thank you. And I just have to say, our video production quality is unrivaled in churches our size. And it competes with churches large. So they do a fantastic job. Many of you have seen that um, at home. We have um, something that's waiting quietly in the wings is an interactive uh, church viewing experience and lantana.online.church if you ever wanted to check that out. Um, and, and it's another thing that we need people to be involved in. We need online hosts. Like that's a whole nother thing of ministry that we need to get uh, plugged in. So, uh, and then our school, Harvest Christian, has grown from seven preschool students our first year just three and a half years ago. Imagine this, seven preschool students. I was talking with uh, Sarah Nelson, our principal, who was one of our, was our very first person that, that came on. Seven kids three and a half years ago to over 200 students today. 
Is that incredible or what? Uh, at last count, there were 224 students enrolled pre-K through 12th grade at Harvest Christian. Not only have they grown in number of students, they've also been extremely successful academically. Uh, we are, I don't know if you know this, accredited, accredited through ACSI, um, which is arguably the best of the accrediting bodies in the, United, in, the, yeah, in the United States. But we've also seen our graduating students score high in every testing area. And many are graduating with multiple, uh, last year some graduated with 34 credit hours to college um, through our dual credit program. Our athletics at, this, at a four-year-old school, not even four, three-and-a-half-year-old school, is we're feared competitors in football, in basketball. Um, we've been um, state champs two times in football, basketball runners-up. In fact, this year we are chose, we are chosen to win. Two years we've been state runner-up. This year they expect us to win state. Um, baseball, state runners-up and state champs, track state champs. And we're talking about a three-and-a-half-year-old school just into our third year of athletic competition. It's unbelievable. So we're so happy that we're partners with uh, Harvest Christian. Not only that, but the uh, camaraderie that we have and students and parents that um, come here and go to Harvest. Um, we have uh, still our church plants that we are working with. Uh, the Brazilian church plant, Igreja do Nazareno. Said that right? Igreja do Nazareno. Thank you, Pastor Claudio. Uh, it has started, and, and they're doing a great work. Pastor Claudio has received notification that, uh, of a pending green card not very far away in his future. We're very excited for him in that. It's amazing, right? For him and Stephanie and their family, um, their church is thriving under his leadership. Continue to pray for our Brazilian uh, friend and church as they meet Friday evening for services. And if you would like to come, come join them. They're very friendly, especially when they cook food. Come one of those nights because it's amazing. Uh, be praying for our Korean work that has started as well. This morning, as we speak, they're meeting in the building right next to us, the portable building behind the church. And um, they have brought in a intern. They're, they're doing fantastic. So continue to uh, pray for the Korean church. See how the things that are going on here? Is this crazy or what? But here we go. We keep going. Uh, our annual Christmas tree walk. What an incredible legacy has been started with this Christmas tree walk, telling the nativity story through Christmas trees. This year we had over 500 people come out over two nights to participate in the story of Jesus. And uh, I just want to give a special thanks to Dee for leading that this year and the trunk and treat, by the way. She led both of those. I'm grateful for that. And the uh, over 500 people that came out this year that were able to experience two nights the story of Jesus Christ. That's what for us it's all about. Everything, every opportunity we have to tell people about it. The outreach ministry led by Ginger and Marcia is flourishing under their leadership. We're able to distribute food through a partnership with Tarrant County Food Bank. And every month, once a month, uh, we do that through the program we call Uplift. When you see Uplift, then uh, you know that's what we're talking about. That's coming up the last Saturday of this month. If you want to help with that, uh, come out and help. See Ginger or Marcia and they can uh, help you out there. Uh, we've also partnered with Rescue Hill to help out with human trafficking. We have a partnership with Safe Families to help keep families together. That's led by Tracy Clefcorn, who, by the way, is helping her daughter right now back in the nursery. So when y'all get a chance, talk to them about that. Uh, one of the most important and necessary ministries 
that we have is our night of prayer. I just want to say that we've always been a praying church, but as long as I'm the pastor, I want to continue to place an emphasis on prayer. And for now, we've designated a prayer meeting the third Thursday of every month. That's an odd and awkward time, right? It would be a whole lot easier to say every Thursday. But I'll tell you, when we were doing them every week, um, people began to lose interest and we got to where nobody was here. So um, I thought if we, my dad always said, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Did you ever hear that? Yeah, when you're away from that person you love so much. So uh, what we did with the prayers, we um, are making it uh, the third Thursday of every month. But my hope is that we can have more prayer, more fervently, more often. And as interest picks up and as people pray and as we press in together, then we will do that. God has great plans for our church and we want to see his will and his directions together unified as we fulfill his mission. And so our next night of prayer, mark this on your calendars, will be January 19th at 6.30, just a couple of weeks away on a Thursday evening at 6.30. Listen, I know we're running out of time, but if you'll indulge me, I just want to take a couple more minutes to talk about our spiritual growth in 2022. We, we began this year with a focus on mission. I don't know if you remember that, but that's one of the reasons I like to do this, to remind us of where God has brought us in this year. And I'm talking about all these things, by the way. You can find all these notes. Everything I'm talking about is in our, uh, the online sermon notes. Just go to the church app, find the sermon notes in there, or the Bible app, and this is all in there right now. So as a church whose mission whose mission is in our DNA, the topic is near and dear to our hearts, right? And it's also paramount to our local mission to love like Jesus so lives are changed. And I don't want to re-preach the message, but I do want to remind us what we've talked about. And we started out talking about the idea of mission and asked the question, what is mission? We took as our basis Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It says this, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God tells Abram that he will be a blessing to all people. The problem when we think about mission is that we have in our minds that mission is somewhere else at some other time doing something else, right? The Christian church is conditioned to think of mission as something happening in a far-off country. And when I say mission, you probably think about Africa. I mean, I know I used to. <laughs> too many people, here's the problem, too many people are trying to do a mission for God instead of participating in the mission of God. Because God is already doing a work. Only when we allow the power of His Word and His Holy Spirit to work in and through us will our mission truly be on God. That's the scripture that we read that God told Abram. God's mission through Abram and then through us, this is what we talked about, is that He would be a blessing to all people. We learn that God's mission, also known as the Missio Dei, is, and, and this is a quote, the idea of God's nature and expression extended to and stamped upon the world. God the Father sends God the Son, sends God the Holy Spirit 
and all three sin the church. So the church is to be the nature and expression of God to the world. In other words, our job is to be a blessing to the people. And how do we do that? By bringing his kingdom everywhere we go. The thing is, is it's an upside-down kingdom. It's unlike any other kingdom that you know. It's backwards. The mission, then, is joining God's already ongoing mission to bring that upside-down kingdom to the world. And this upside-down kingdom is one in which God chose to redeem the world. He could have destroyed the world. He could have said, forget it. This was messed up. I'm going to start all over again. In spite of the fall, in spite of our sin, he didn't choose to destroy it. He chose to redeem it. One of the things I love about our church is that we understand this mission. And we choose to bring this culture of mission to all people. That's why Ms. Kay reminds me all the time that our mission is around the world and across the street. That's our mission. Daryl Guter writes this, We have come to see that mission is not merely an activity of the church. Rather, mission is the result of God's initiative rooted in God's purposes to restore and heal creation. Sounds like his kingdom. Mission means sending, and it is the central biblical theme describing the purpose of God's action in human history. God presented a mission that was fulfilled in Jesus and presented to the church that is us to carry on. Never mind that water I just spilled. <laughs> anyway, I love mission. And I love missions. We need to make sure we understand the difference. The difference. Missions is our work of fulfilling God's mission. Now, so today's not intended to be a complete review of the sermons over the year. You're like, oh my word, is he going to preach everyone? No. While we definitely covered a lot of ground, we spent a lot of the year on two ideas. First is the way we participate in God's mission, and the second is spiritual formation. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says this, now the, Lord, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I don't know if you catch what's going on there. Being transformed into his image. You know, I don't know if you remember this. In this time last year, when I was talking about what God wanted to do for us, I said, this is the year that God wants us to re-engage. Re-engage. Re-engage as a church. After the pan pandemic, we needed to get back to church. We needed to get back to meeting together. We needed to get back to relationship with each other. But most importantly, we needed to get back to intimacy in our relationship with God. And this is why we spent so much time talking about spiritual formation. The spiritual formation is defined as being conformed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. It's a process of being conformed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. Spiritual formation is the most significant way that we can experience God. And that's what our scripture talks about today, that we are being transformed into his image. And 
If this is how we're going to experience God, remember that experience is the basis of relationship. And we spend a lot of time talking about that. You don't know somebody until you experience them. Hang out with them. Spend time together. Talk together. To experience someone or something is to come to know that person or that thing. And the more experience you accumulate, the more that you're going to know them. And it's been said, in fact, that people who have been together a long time even begin to look like each other. Because they, they're together so long. Some of you look at each other and like, thank you that you don't look like me. <laughs> I'm grateful that Cerise is much, well, it, it, some prettier. I'm kidding. She's much prettier than me. Listen, God is calling us to go deeper, to re-engage him. God has no misconceptions about who we are. We are fallen people. He gets that. But we are people who can do nothing apart from God. But God himself is wooing us to him. He's drawing us in. And the world is going crazy. We are its anchor. How will the church be the anchor if we don't know the one to whom we are anchored? We have to be anchored to God. Then we become the anchor for the world. No matter what happens to the world around us, the kingdom is unchanging. And that is who we represent. The only way we will ever know God is by spending time with Him. And then after spiritual formation, as part of spiritual formation, come the disciplines. Do you remember the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines? Disciplines are things that most of us are familiar with in one way or the other. We just maybe haven't labeled them as that. But those disciplines are, are ways by which we attend to spiritual formation in our lives. John Wesley called them means of grace. The way we attend to the means of grace in our life are through these spiritual disciplines. And so these disciplines are things like prayer. So most of you pray. I hope all of you pray. Fasting, scripture reading, um, Bible study, corporate worship, stewardship, acts of service, simplicity. These are all spiritual disciplines, things that we can participate in to help with our spiritual formation. But spiritual formation is paramount to us as a church as we re-engage with God. One last quote talking about this. My friend and mentor, Bob Hennigan, he told me this, and I wrote it down, and it will forever be in my life. At the end of the age, you have to be in line with Christ or Satan. We are being shaped by either one critter or the other critter. Who I am is who I'm going to end up with. <laughs> Union with God, abiding in Christ, shapes us. The fire that purges us is basically destroying our self-centeredness where it's actually creating and activating our real self into the person God wants us to be. That's pretty deep. Every once in a while, Pastor Bob will give me a nugget, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to write that down. That fire that burns within you is changing you to be like him. What is it that is in you is what he was saying. Either God or Satan. Whoever you're like is who you're going to end up with. That's where you're going. Man, spiritual formation is a restoral of the imago Dei, the image of Christ, the image of God. Okay, we're almost done, but I do need to tell you what I see coming up. And I'm, I, I mean, I'm probably more excited about this year than I have been about any year that I've been pastor here. I believe God wants to do so much more for us as a church. I feel like, and I even... Had preached this last year that we're on the precipice 
And we're still standing on the precipice. We haven't fallen back from that yet. We're on the edge of something great. I mean, I feel God's presence when we gather together. I'm blessed and encouraged. And I believe that God wants to move in a mighty way. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish. It's important that we have a vision. And as long as God's giving giving us a vision and we're moving forward, then we know what's coming up. So we have some goals this year. We're launching a new relationship ministry this year. Sharice's been working hard, and some of you are even helping her with that. Uh, It's going to be launching on January 22nd. Uh, We've been talking about that. Pay close attention to emails and texts. Now, this relationship ministry is not only a marriage ministry. Don't misunderstand. This is for every, um, every step of your relationship. Some of you are single, wanting a relationship. This is for you. Some of you have been divorced and don't know what's next. This is for you. Some of you are in a committed relationship now. This is for you. There's going to be different levels and different groups. It's a very ambitious goal, but we need you to participate, to be a part of it. We all have something that we can learn in our relationships. So how do we quantify attendance goals? Before COVID, we reported 152 as an average for Sunday morning attendance. Throughout the pandemic, our online presence grew to more than four times that. I don't know if you knew that. Again, thank you to the stream team for all their efforts to make that happen. This year, which the fiscal year for us ends the end of February. So it's looking like our in-person attendance is finally back to pre-pandemic levels and actually is looking like it's going to exceed that. Um, We're closer to uh, 154 as an average for the 22-23 church year. So I'm happy about that. I would like for us to see more. I would love for us to see um, more than 200 on a Sunday morning worship attendance. I just think that we're that kind of church, that that's where we should be. I do want to caution us and say I realize, and you do too, that it's not about numbers, right? But also I'm reminded that every number has a name. And every name is somebody who Jesus loves and wants to see come to know him in an intimate way. So numbers are important because that is an indicator of how many people were reaching for Jesus. That's why I want more than 1,000 people at the Easter egg hunt, because it's that many more people we get to reach for Jesus. Not because I, I can come up next year and say, hey, guess what? We've had more than 1,000 people. But for what reason? We don't want to do it with no purpose. This year, um, I would also like, last year I said this same thing. It hasn't happened. I'm going to do it again. I'd love to see 20 people get baptized this year, more even. Uh, We didn't reach that goal this year. I'd love to see that happen. I'd love to baptize somebody every single week because that's an indication of somebody coming to know Jesus Christ and fully committing themselves. So I I love that. Let's do that. If you want to be baptized, let me know. Um, We'll start next week. We don't have any water. I mean, I got some water right here. (laughs) I'm serious about it. I would love for us to see people be baptized because it's an indication It's just another way for us to know, hey, they have committed themselves fully to Jesus. You know, there's many new faces in our church over the year, and I rejoice, we rejoice that God is bringing people to us. My prayer this year is that God will help us steward well those he has entrusted us with. If you're here today, I want to thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for thinking church is important enough 
to come and participate. I'm grateful. Everybody that has made this event as a Sunday morning time together happen, we're all grateful. This is another indication of people coming to know Jesus, of, of us telling our story, of us learning something in, either in uh, Sunday school before or now, and we're taking it into the world to reach people for him. We want to steward well the new people that God is sending to us. Over the last several years, we've invested a lot of dollars into projects. Um, I was going through the numbers and about $300,000 between paying off the mortgage and adding things. Well, I have it here. We've switched from propane to natural gas. You probably didn't even know that, did you? Propane was very expensive. There was a, used to be a tank back there. We're not on that anymore. Uh, we've replaced almost every single HVAC air conditioner heater unit in the whole building. You probably didn't know that. That's um, a lot of money there. We repainted the exterior. We paid off the mortgage. There's a lot of things that we've done. And you add that up, it's a lot of money. And I'm grateful to you for every thing that we've been able to accomplish because it's your tithes and your offerings that make those things possible. This year, I would like to focus on some of our aesthetic projects, things like paint and carpet. As we come, as we come up with those things that we're going to be doing, projects we're going to complete, we'll make those announcements. And if that's something you want to help with, uh, contribute to, then we'll give you that opportunity as well. Here's our spiritual emphasis for this year. Removing barriers. And I think this is why we're still on the precipice and not over yet. Are y'all with me? Am I taking too much time? I didn't even, the timer has it didn't go off. I don't know how much time I've been talking even. I'm going to try to wrap it up. But I want you to know that God has been speaking with us. And our last time of prayer together, which we had more than 20 people, was a really, really good time together. A great prayer. And we're going to continue, by the way, every time of prayer together to pray for healing. If you need to be prayed for healing, we will anoint you and pray for God's healing over you. Okay? Physical healing. I, I want to see God pour his spirit out and do miracles in our midst. And I've talked about this before, and I'm not trying to embarrass her, and I, I won't hang my hat on this, so to speak, but God gave Sarisa a prophetic dream. And it was about a wave of spiritual depth and gifts that God is sending our way. In the dream, she saw the wave. And it scared her until God told her that this was for our church in a positive way. It wasn't a wave coming to wipe us out. It was a wave coming to give us spiritual depth and, depth and spiritual gifts. But there was a fence between us and the wave. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. There's a, there's a fence, there's a barrier between us and the outpouring of His Spirit. So this year, our emphasis will be removing barriers. And I'm going to ask you as, as an individual, being part of our church, will you pray for that this year? What in your life maybe is a barrier to God pouring his spirit out on us? Joel 2.28 is a prophet, uh, spoke a prophecy, and he, this is what he said. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Huh. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men and women shall see visions. This is what we want. Oh, God, will you pour your spirit out? If not for that, 
we can do nothing. And I truly believe that. He is who has to power us. I want... See where I'm at here. I mean, we're right here at the end. I want... And I'm sure you do too. To have a spiritual growth that is unexplainable. I want to see God come in such a way that people do get healed miraculously. I want to lean into people having uh, prophecy. I think that we've got to be careful with the spiritual gifts that we don't seek those. But I believe as we seek God, He will pour those things out on us. And that's what I want. And as long as He's the center of that, then that's what we'll pursue. Now, if we aren't doing anything in His strength, then we're no better than a club who meets once a week. There's no point. We all have similar interests. We, you see how we could very easily become the Lantana Club. It's not what I want. I want to be different. I want the Holy Spirit to pour out, and I want these barriers gone, whatever they are. God, we, we've got to give him permission to remove those barriers. And God is helping us grow spiritually. He's helped us re-engage this year. He really has. We've done well as a church. He's taught us about his mission, and he's taught us about spiritual formation. He is preparing the soil. I think the question for us is this, as we close. Will we let him do something great? Right? Will we let him do something great? Because he's not going to force something great on us. We have to be looking for it. Will we let him do something great? So, our spiritual emphasis this year is going to be removing barriers. You'll hear that probably a lot. Just like this last year, you heard re-engage. This next year, God, remove the barriers. And this year, just ask in your life, what is it, God? What barriers in my life? What do I need to remove? Where am I at? How can you speak with me? Man, thank you guys for letting me talk, sharing my heart. But isn't it amazing what God has done over the year? As you look at it, you're like, oh, my word. What an incredible thing that is happening here. I can only imagine in 2024, when we talk about 2023, what would God have done for us by then? Let's pray. God, I don't even know, uh, I don't even know how we finish this <laughs> other than to say we want you. We want you to fill our hearts. We would love for you to remove barriers in our midst. God, would you remove any barriers in my life? And I can just speak uh, honestly here. Sometimes there's a, a barrier of unbelief. Forgive me for those times. In fact, uh, like the, the man prayed, forgive me for my, un help my unbelief. I want to be spiritually ready for your move in my life. 
And help us, God, be able to discern what is your spirit and what is it. Because when we start to get into spiritual gifts and spiritual things, we're entering into a world that the devil's trying to deceive us. Help us to seek you in all things. This is why we don't chase the gift, but we chase you. And as you move in us, those things are added. So help us as a church this year. And thank you, God. Thank you. I just look back. I'm just blown away. We are such a blessed church and a blessed people. And the, the projects that we've been able to accomplish here and being getting out of debt and all the people that we've reached as a church and the attendance and um, the Easter egg hunt, Easter event, and all the things, God, we have really, really been able to spread your kingdom. So help us to continue to do that, continue to continue to do it better, and help us to be good stewards of every single person that you send and every single thing that we do. Oh, thank you, God. We give you all the praise and the glory for every good thing as we move into this year. Speak to us about the barriers that we need to remove. And it's in your name I ask these things. Amen. Amen. I just want to say thank you again. Thank you for letting me be your pastor. And thank you for being a church that has embraced this idea of loving like Jesus so lives can be changed. I'm excited, i got to tell you. So excited about the future. If you guys would stand with us, we're going to close out with this song and then we'll be dismissed. But I look forward to seeing you back next week. Pastor Mark is going to bring a word. So God bless you guys.